everyone, you're listening to the Jimmy and Dave's Mixtape Podcast, and today we're on our third episode. We are having our first segment of Soundtrack Battle Dome. First, hopefully not last. Hope first and definitely not the last segment <laughs> we'll of... There's plenty of soundtracks we will have an argue about. But today, we're going to be talking about two film classics, at least in my mind, mm-hmm. or in Jimmy's mind, one film classic, Little Miss Sunshine, and I am talking about the movie Hackers, and we're going to be talking about how these movies relate to the music used and the movies in general overall. And then to wrap up the episode, we're going to talk about the classic cheerful album by the Smiths known as What the Queen is Dead. Which is one, Jimmy. Did you ch- you pick that one, right? That uh, was my my doing. Good. So, Jimmy, how was your vacation? It's great. Got Good. Nice awesome. Sunshine. I have to say, uh, after the last ep- episode, I want to do one correction. Of course, it's not Phoebe Bridgers. It's the classic <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers, and that brought me back to a harsh memory of my childhood when I was in college, his freshman year, and I saw a kid, and he had his name written down on the paper, and it was G E. F. Geoffrey. F. And I went, Is your name Geoff? And then he obviously looked at me like you would. It when he goes, No, it's Jeff. And I realized at the moment I've never seen Jeff spelled the other way, minus J E F F. A A Ron. A A Ron, right, exactly. <laughs> oh, I got some stories about that as a teacher. All right. So getting to it so i didn't unfortunately also not get to see phoebe bridgers because every time i went to the show on friday and saturday the traffic stunk and i missed her both their sets i did however i will say at the one show the national did on the friday in philly she came out and sang sorrow and she sang most of the, the actual lyric portions and it was very good and i wish after seeing her friday i was really hoping to make it down on saturday but just traffic did not allow it but that said, it's time we fight. We're taking off the gloves, Jimmy. It's mano y mano, movie versus movie. These aren't films. These are movies. One might be a film. Yours might be a film. I am talking about the movie Hackers. Ugh. And Jimmy is talking... <laughs> Jimmy, what movie are... Let's talk about your movie first. You want to talk about mine first? Yes. I chose Little Miss Sunshine, the... Is it a cult classic or is it a classic classic? It's a classic classic. Classic classic? Yeah. Indie classic? Um, But yeah, what do you want to know? Why I picked it? Why? All right, first, why does the soundtrack help the movie? I mean, I feel like the soundtrack, I mean, I think it makes them, it's like almost like a whole nother like character to the movie. I feel like it adds like... I feel like the movie wouldn't be the same without it if it was different. Um, one big part of it is the band Devochka. I feel... I don't know. It, I just feel like... I don't know. Some, like I, The other day I was just sitting... like I had a song stuck in my head. I couldn't figure out what it was. And it was the first track on the soundtrack, The, the Winner Is. Um, yeah, I just think it's one of those... I think the album itself could be considered. I don't know, it's a good album through and through. We've been on its own. I will say there are some great songs on the album, 
and I think it's a good movie. But let's first, before we get into the actual tracks, do you want to give a little overview of like a little about the movie? So for some people they haven't seen it or they're not sure about the movie, do you want to give a little brief overview? I mean, basically, it's about a family with their own. Everyone has their own little dysfunctions. Uh, the daughter wins a chance to be in a beauty pageant. Um, I would say she is a bit of a has a non-conventional beauty about her um and it's basically just the misadventures they have as a family trying to get is it cross country cross state i don't know how far they actually have to go just, they have to go from arizona uh, no it's new mexico it's albuquerque yeah albuquerque it's new mexico to california so yeah it's just their misadventures and getting her to her her moment in the sun. Yeah. And I will say, in the beginning of the movie, I watched the movie yesterday, and they actually used the music you hear right now, The Winner Is, as the little beginning montage Just scene. Like it swings back to it. To set up all the characters. And it pretty much tells you where every character is at, at that point in time of the film. And as, as you're watching Little Miss Sunshine, you see the characters kind of grow in their own way, even though most of them have to suffer something in into the end so i think that's a good intro to your movie and talking about the movie itself and why the music why you picked the movie and so i picked for my movie in the bat in the soundtrack dome i picked the movie hackers and if you have not watched hackers which i'm sure many of you have not it is a time warp back into the mid 90s when our we had people had pacifiers in their mouth, glow sticks in their hand, and techno music was the hot thing going on at the club. The movie sets place in New York, and it's basically just some people would say cheesy, Jimmy, maybe. I wouldn't make fun of cheese that way. Yeah, Jimmy did not like this movie, and we're going to go fist cuss over this movie <laughs> in a second. But it's a what I call a classic, better than Godfather 3, and it's basically about. A, a young hi- group of high school hackers who have to solve a problem before this big evil corporate hacker sets off a virus that just causes all these problems. It, the plot in the movie really does not matter. In the end, it's just a fantastic movie to watch. A classic movie that you can put on, watch it a hundred times, and every time it's wonderful. Jimmy, you agree? No. No? What do you think of Hackers when the first time I made you I... watch this? thought I was watching the wrong movie because you talked it up so much. I did probably about 15 good solid minutes of research to make sure there wasn't another 90s hackers movie that I was supposed to be watching. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole time you're talking, I'm just sitting here pretending I have my glow sticks in my hand. But why I like this movie is because it sets the stage of what it gives you like like, look at computers back then. Look how people still used payphones, and they had peep, they had pagers, and all this fun stuff. I think it's a fun walk back into time. But also, I picked the soundtrack in particular because it has a lot of classic tech uh, techno artists. It has the Prodigy, uh, the Orbital, and they just have a lot of good. I, I would say classic techno music. Maybe some people don't like techno. I think techno works in a stage of if you need to get some stuff done, 
you're, you're trying to get stuff done around the house. I'm not saying I'm going to put techno music on to relax, but I can say I put this album on yesterday while I was cleaning the house. I got a lot done. But I will say, in the idea of what a soundtrack should do into a movie, I feel like it should enhance the movie in some way. And what this movie does is I think... Oh, of course, I play the one soundtrack that isn't techno in the song. But I think the techno in the movie actually enhances the movie. I think it sets up what the movie is, the type of music they would listen to. It's relatable and to the times. It's not like you're watching a um, a knight's tale where you're watching a knight joust and listening why they're singing We Will Rock You. This is hackers in the 90s listening to 90s techno music, what they would listen to. I agree it's good. I mean, I agree it's techno music and that the, nerd, <laughs> the, genre. Uh, the nerds on computers are going to be listening to their techno music. Yes. However, if I... When I was watching the movie, I was I knew we were going to be talking about the soundtrack. Yes. So I did try and listen for the soundtrack. <laughs> I would have to say if I was watching the movie just because someone... Major. Tied down my arms and pinned my eyelids open. I don't even think the soundtrack would have really jumped out at me for 95% of the movie. Well, it's I can't act like I didn't own the soundtrack. I actually have the CD sitting here on the table. As, as a kid in high school, I saw this movie. A, because I like this movie a lot. Because A, no one dies in it. It's not a violent movie. There's no violence. There's no actual deaths in the whole movie. Minus the car crashes that Lord knows oh, how yeah. many people died. Hundreds the... and hundreds of people. <laughs> but you didn't see any deaths on the video uh, on the movie itself. But ultimately, we're here to talk about why does the soundtrack itself aid the movie. So, I think... Obviously, if you heard the music thumping behind us while we were talking about hackers, you have an idea of the 90s music. This is an example of that Rage Against the Machine 90s sound. I actually feel like this movie soundtrack is just a precursor to the Matrix soundtrack. Like, I feel like all the techno and the rock music they had on there was just, like, inspired by the hacker soundtrack. But... Regardless, my argument for why the soundtrack works is, regardless if you like it, the music is, it fits the setting it's in, it fits the time it's in, I mean, the music was made during that time, and I do think, overall, while the whole album might not have some gems on every track, there are enough tracks on the soundtrack to make it enjoyable. You know, you Maybe might if you find the movie enjoyable, you might find you can you can separate the music from the soundtrack. But I think the Vendetta why didn't you like the music? Real quick, why didn't we like the music there? I mean, I'm not a huge techno fan to start with. Okay, but the movie. Let's talk about the movie. We're going the movie. Remember, it's not a film; it's a movie. I like I said, it was not bad enough to be good. <laughs> But it was also, I don't know, it was not good. And you didn't like bad. Joey? Which one was Joey? The quirky Joey that's always smoking the cigarettes and he's drinking all the coffee and he's the one, he's like the the idiot that in the end saves the day. The guy he, with the braids? And the the, the first guy that gets arrested and he's like the younger oh, one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
No. Obviously, he had really he yeah he had a oh, lot. He's doing his little jam out in the shower and yes yes. No, I'm glad that's why I, I wish a real wild child. He's singing a real wild child. I think of that part. No, he didn't hold it up. What about the villain? Uh, again, I like. There was a lot of stuff that was just. I feel like it was impl- like they never really like. Ever, there was a lot of stuff they made you like imply. Lord Nikon and I did like Pen Pen and pen of pen and teller and this movie also did have a young mark anthony as a secret agent and what about you cannot forget the agent richard gill who is played by wendell pierce the classic actor from the wire did you never watch the wire i was never a wire fan (sighs) (laughs) okay this is gonna end bad but you never you watched the wire and you never liked it I don't even know if I watched it. Oh, okay. Well, well, this 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 podcast is over. Right okay, now. we're done. All right. Good night, folks. All right. No, but so I think I laid my arguments for hackers. I, the, like I said, it is a lot of. There is a lot of techno music. It, for the most part, of the soundtrack. But like I said, I think it fits the setting, the time, and the also when you think who's going to be listening to techno music, as you very rudely called people <laughs> them nerds. I like to think of them uh, as computer aficionados. That's another part. Just bu- like they were just so cool. They were the coolest kids in school, riding they on rollerblades, rollerblading around. I'll be honest. I totally wanted to be those guys when I was a kid. Watching this movie in high school, it was like, oh man, like just like the way they were working around the computers. And and like if I will say, what's funny about the movie is when you watch the technology that they had. Technology was nowhere close to what you saw on their computer screens. The Windows 98 was not, not high-tech at that point. Linux was not that advanced. You can, your standard, what, iMac? No, era, they didn't even era. exist back then. That's how old the movie was. I Macintosh at that point was a dead company when this movie was made, ironically. I mean, they were still around, but they were not very popular. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about the Little Miss Sunshine soundtrack. I... First of all, I was surprised at how hard it was to find the soundtrack. That it, totally hampers this podcast a little bit. It's it does. easy to track music down, even though we have subscription services and the good old-fashioned YouTube. But apparently this soundtrack is just pretty much released, and they've really blocked a lot. So we've had to, I've had to listen to it through bits and pieces, finding what I could. This song, I mean... I think is amazing and it's actually my favorite sound it's one of my favorite Devochka songs like I've only listened to what's the mad the mad telling or something there's one album I listen to a yeah. lot of Devochka and they're that band that I'm always like I gotta listen to these guys more and then I never do and actually listening to this again made me go I gotta listen to these guys more because I really like them they're amazing their last album they just put out a can't think of what is on top of my head, but the first time I heard it, I'm like, this sounds like a ripoff of Little Miss Sunshine. And then you made me think of it. Oh, it's the same band. Yeah. And I really like the band a lot. I think they're fantastic. I will say I think you you think Tavachka fits because that's the band they picked with the album. Could they have picked another band? for this out movie I think I, they could have. they could have I mean but when you were talking about how 
uh, hackers had the setting and all that stuff. I feel like this Little Miss Sunshine has the same thing. This has like your. You could have picked any techno artist, just like you could have picked of any yeah. indie rock but artist. But as far as the sound goes, I feel like it sounds like you know your Arizona, your New Mexico. It has the like the setting feel. It it kind of feels like you know the whole thing's like them on the open road. I feel like a lot of these songs seem like they could be driving songs, especially this one. Sufjan Stevens by Chicago. Or it's Chicago by Sufjan Stevens. Like, I think this is the quintessential, like, mood, like a road trip montage song, if you're thinking of... Yeah. I, I actually think the Sufjan was the one that... Like, that was one I think you could have put any indie rock artist. I, I like Sufjan Stevens. I just didn't... I thought maybe it would have been better just to keep it consistent and do the Devoshka the whole way. Minus the Super Freak. You, you For the movie, obviously, <laughs> you need to have that as part of the plot. And But adding just the Sufjan kind of was like, well, why not just make the whole album Devoshka and Michael... Uh, Michael Dana was the other composer of the album, but... So, and then they also had, they did have, what, the La Llorona by Luis Martinez Serrano. I apologize if I butchered that pronunciation. Yeah, has that, you know, now, this seven. one, I think, does make sense because of the setting of you're driving in the deserts in New Mexico, Arizona. Like, I get those. I think the Sufjan was okay, but like I said, you could have probably put anything... I think it's a good soundtrack. I, I, I do think... I think the the, the two songs with Dvorska's actually singing are the standouts. I think the instrumentals by Dvorska are okay. They, I mean, they, fixed, they fit the setting of the movie. I can't really crap on the movie. Like, you want to crap on the greatest movie of all time called Hackers because... I do like the movie. This is the, it's actually ironically it's I well, it's not ironically, but it's the second time I watched the movie. I realized I liked the movie the first time, but I haven't watched it since the first time I watched. It. I guess it's one of the movies that never felt like I had to watch yeah. again. And I I will say if you only watched it once, it's it's really worth seeing a second time because especially all the stuff that happens with the grandfather leading up to the point of what happens yeah, to the grandfather know. when you know those scenes like i'm like i already i was crying like right before it happened then it happens and i was i was a mess you know is your grandfather here he's in the trunk he's in the trunk i mean it was the movie it's great i mean it, it is if you have not what seen it it's it's a great movie it's a feel-good movie but there is i would say it has some very adult themes, but I think it does it in a very good, light-hearted banner that makes it, in the end, enjoyable. It's fun, 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 and then a part just acts you down. Yeah. Like the eye exam? Ugh. Yes. Poor kid. Yeah. So, <laughs> here's the argument. Here, Here's Hacker's soundtrack coming up, and then you have Little Miss Sunshine. What does Little Miss Sunshine have that's knocking Hacker's out? A good movie to go along with it. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like everything that you said is kind of valid as far as like it goes with like they both fit the movie. Okay. They, I feel like maybe yours is uh is like just a like the whole soundtrack is kind of more of a '90s thing. Uh huh. And this is more of a 
what, 2000-ish? And maybe it's an age an age gap. Maybe all the young the young spry chickens like me are going to like Little Miss Sunshine, all the hip indie kids like my stuff, and all the... All the techno people that are the, brain dead from all the ecstasy yeah. they hate are not going to be able to vote for hackers. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. I, I think, in the end, Hackers stands out as a soundtrack because I also was saying, if somebody said... What are the CDs to listen to? Like, I just want to hear some examples of 90s music. There's a couple soundtracks. There's this, and then MTV also released a series called Amp that had a bunch of different, you know, they had Chemical Brothers and a bunch of different artists on the soundtrack, too. But I think this album itself actually represents it. However, most of the album. There are last three tracks on the album. Yeah, you're talking about consistency for. And the consistency part I do lose a little bit because of the end because there is a very it's a very 90s song. Oh, but Sufjan Chicago is just It I... fits the movie though. You cannot put the you, what what song would you I mean, replace? yes, it fits it does fit this movie <laughs> of 90s. Oh, let's go for a swim. Oh, just moves you. I can't believe this isn't like the number one wedding song. You guys really blew it. You should have used this for your <laughs> wedding. Sorry, wife. I was actually kind of hoping you said you watched it with your wife, and I was hoping she would have liked it, but I was she did not like it either she thought that you were playing a trick on me <laughs> just to make me watch this movie i swear i love this movie i will defend this movie to my to my grave in fact that's what's on my tombstone dave donahue he really liked hackers the movie not actually hacking don't hack children oh well, one more thing that just the whole oh look at the little b- the building with the crash and burn it was, <laughs> at the it was end the funniest uh, little thing she ever did see oh uh, look it is just it's a quirky movie but like i i like i generally like movies that you can either enjoy them for like their cinematic their films like there will be blood is a movie i can watch over and over again and i enjoy it but that's like you got to really like i lo- like get yourself into watching that movie hackers i can put on any time any moment and just enjoy it it's a big dumb movie that's just fun and like that's why i like it little miss sunshine i really enjoyed watching it i will probably still watch hackers 12 more times before i watch little miss sunshine again i don't know what that says about me it says something something. you're right but in the end i think hackers is gonna win the soundtrack dome even though you might think Little Miss Sunshine is going to be victorious. So, we will put it up to the listeners, and the ten votes will decide who is the winner, ultimately, of the bat- the soundtrack dome. I'm counting on you, wife and mommy. Yeah. By the way, everyone go listen to Steve Miller. He's a great artist. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, by the way, to Steve Miller, who just had a birthday this past weekend. All right. So from there, that is going to end our first segment. And we're going to talk about this week's album, which, Jimmy, why don't you talk a little bit about the album first? All right. This album, type it up, 10 out of 10 on Pitchfork. Is it really? It's a 10 out of 10. I, I can saw see this that. Before, I came, before yeah. I came over, I looked it up. Um, it is The Queen is Dead by the Smiths. 
uh, came out in 86, I think. Mm, sounds right. Mid-80s, late-80s. Um, their third out of fourth. They had four studio al- albums. This is their third. Um, I think it was the highest, like, rated, like, on all the, the chart. Like, we met charts, but as far as, like, you know, ratings, pitchforks, all those other ones, highest. Um, I personally think it was, like, their most poppy, like, front-to-back hit singles, easiest to get get into. Um, but, yeah, I love it. Now, how did you start to listen to the Smiths? When did you start listening to the Smiths? I started listening to the Smiths probably end of high school, maybe beginning of college, thanks to my great cousin Brad and cousin Jen. Uh, they were really into them. Um, you know, I'm sure it was one time we were just driving in a car, and they had their all their albums on you know, shuffle. And... And the song came on, it's like, wow, I think I like this band now. Um, and that's what got you into them. That's how, that, that's how I'm into them. And that's how it happened. Yeah, you got Johnny Marr and Morrissey are the two songwriters. Johnny Marr would do the music first, and then Morrissey would sing lyrics on top of them. And this is the first track on the album, The Queen is Dead. So, um... I would definitely agree with the poppiness. I was actually, in the previous episode, we talked about how I wasn't that familiar with, with the Smiths. And then I was I was explaining to you before the episode started, I said, I feel like I got into America's version of, at least my version of America's Smiths by, in middle school, I really got into the Violent Femmes. And in fact, they remain one of my you know favorite bands of all time. And I was saying... I don't remember a lot of kids in my school listening to the Smiths. And so, even the Cure for it, for it. And I don't know if that's just the when I was born or what. I, I feel like also in terms of the 80s in general, like that Nirvana Pearl Jam early 90s of mm-hmm. the 80s suck really pushed me out of wanting to explore the 80s at a point. And then I eventually got over that and I'm glad I'm back. I'm, there's a lot of great stuff from there. But I do think I, that there's a lot of bands from the 80s that I'm now just kind of discovering yeah. because of that. I feel like back in high school, there was definitely no one else, like... Listening to the Smiths. Yeah. Uh, but I was generally surprised by how Morrissey takes, like, the most sad, sappy lyrics, and then they put it up to these... Almost upbeat, like, 2-4, like... It was funny when I was listening to these albums. If I was very cynical, I was just like, like just crapping all over this album. Like, oh my god, just get over yourself. And then, like, when I would be in a mood or I'd be listening to, it, I'd be like, yeah, I really get it. Like, I, 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 I can see how people like the band. I actually really like the album overall in general. But I feel like it's one. It's an album that definitely was easier to get back into in your like angsty. Yeah. Lonely. Yeah. Pre-wife. Like, yeah, <laughs> I should say, I don't think I could listen, get into a band like the Violent Femmes today. I feel like that's how most music is now that I'm into. Like, if I would have... Getting into it now. Now it's like, you, just have, you can't connect to it like you used to be able to. Right, because I think also it's just that developmental stage of like, woe is me, <laughs> I don't know what's going on in my life, Yeah, everyone hates me. 
But what are the other uh, tracks that really stands out to you on this album? Um, first two we listen to really like the Queen um, is Dead. Queen is Dead, and then the Frankly Mr. Shankly. I like probably my three. The next cemetery gate, cemetery gates, mm-hmm. cemetery gates, cemetery gates. Big Mouth Striker and Boy with a Thorn in His Side are probably the trifecta on the album for me. I have to agree, actually. I actually, in my listening to the album, I wrote down my my favorite tracks on the album. And it was, frankly, Mr. Shankly, Cemetery Gates, Big Mouth Strikes Again, and The Port, and The Boy with the Thorn in His Side. I mean, then again, I like... I do like There is a short album. It's only 36 minutes. Perfect. I like albums that are 36 to 45. I think it's the perfect length of an album. Um, But no, this is Big Mouth Strikes Again. It definitely sounds. I was reading about the Smiths, and obviously the uh, Morrissey is doesn't like he doesn't like to be controversial. He doesn't like no, to say a, he likes to just sing, get off the stage. Doesn't let his public as political or public his personal feelings be known to the public. Yeah, I found it interesting that the when I was reading a little bit actually real quick. Do you want to go back to the fun part about the chorus in that song? Oh, this one. The little voice in the background is actually, they just sped up him singing. I think it's still more, so they just Oh, they just, they didn't even get another singer? They just, like, did a studio trip? Yeah. Oh, that's him? Like, yeah, it's just, they took that same part and sped up the track and played it over. Oh, wow. Fun fact. The more you know. But, what was it? Oh, I was talking about how they came up with the Smiths because they said it was the most ordinary name and they thought it was time that the ordinary ordinary folk of the world showed their faces. Does anyone listen to the words that come out of Morrissey's mouth and that he says in public and think they're ordinary? Uh, no one that I know. Right. Which leads us to the topic of Morrissey as an individual himself. I feel like Morrissey is the perfect example of separating the art from the artist, which is something you you have to do in not just in almost every type of music, even in classical. Uh, Wagner was an anti-Semite, and people still perform Wagner's work to this day. I, there's a lot. We we have a history of always separating the art from the artist, unless it fits a narrative we want to lash out at the artist. Morrissey, what do you... If you would have to pick an artist today, who do you think he resembles? I would say he is Kanye before Kanye was Kanye. Yes, I would agree. Morrissey was definitely Kanye West before Kanye, where the first time I think of people going, God, I just wish he would stick to writing music because I really like his music. And then he's they, they both like to say things that are. So I do think today's modern version of Morrissey in pop culture would be Kanye. Obviously for his, you know, recent uh, stuff, uh, political action stuff, but also just with 
he's always going to find a way to get attention. Yeah. With say, saying something like before, it was even the political stuff of the of the Trump stuff. Uh, it was the Jesus stuff. Compare he often would compare himself to Jesus, Fun. which yeah. You know his whole award ceremony. Oh, the Taylor Swift. I mean, and don't I'm a Swifty at heart, so don't even talk (laughs) attack the Taylor Swift. She's amazing, and but Morrissey, let's keep in mind, has also said some very solid gems. Like, how about uh, equivalating eating meat to the moral level of child abuse in 2002? Um, or how about comparing a whole race of Chinese people to uh, subspecies? Or how about speaking of the Norway massacre where 77 people were murdered, he told a crowd, there is nothing compared to what happens at McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken every, every day. day. <laughs> like, just a really nice guy. Really comes off as personable, care, caring. If you're an animal. If you're an animal. <laughs> if you're an animal, Morrissey is a wonderful person. If you're a human, you're a terrible person. I, I get more. Morrissey doesn't like any of us. And as I, I really said, like. like yeah. And you did mention last time he has health issues, which is probably the reason why he cancels shows. Or is it just because Morrissey just doesn't feel like doing what Morrissey wants to do? I don't know. I just think he really is ready to, like have some kind of terminal disease so he can finally get the pity that he he craves. But, like, he's written every probably word you can in a sentence about sadness in yeah. some way. No, he's a happy he's a happy guy. I mean, take, for example, let's just take There is Light That Never, never Goes Out. But again, it's kind of almost in the... And if a double-decker bus crashes into us... To die by your side is such a heavenly way to die, and if a ten-ton truck kills the both of us, to die by your side, well, the, prev- the privilege, the privilege is mine. You guys, that's, I like that lyric a lot. That's Cheer up, like, Buttercup! It's a, I, I'm gonna stand up for this song. It kind of reminds me of the song from the series, Jason Isbell's Vampires. It has the love song that's actually horribly sad with it. Okay, you're you're talking about if we were vampires? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that song has the sad. That's not as sad sack it's, as this oh, is. Yeah, I think it might be sad sack here. Oh uh, well, that's that's in a later episode. Okay. What's the most sad sackiest songs of all time? But I mean, but it really doesn't matter. Like, there's not a song you can't like. Go back to Cemetery Gates, which like you hear the beat. It sounds pretty upbeat. Actually, this riff reminds me of, like, those early 90s pop songs that, like, this would be a Matchbox 20 lead-in. I was actually thinking we are talking about Modest Mouse last episode, and if you listen to the Bodie even sang, yeah. since Morrissey was, I mean, Not Morrissey. Johnny Marr yes. was on, you can kind of hear almost similar guitar riffs. Yeah, so but... A dreaded sunny day, so I meet you at the cemetery gates. Because why not? Like, hey man, I'm having a really rough day. Hey Jimmy, let's go meet at the cemetery gates. Keats and Yeats? I have no idea. Is that, is that food? No, they are... I have no idea. What is Writers? Poets? Oh. What's writing? I don't even know what that is. 
<laughs> a dreaded sunny day. I'm so cultured. So I meet you at the cemetery gates. I mean, I understand in the end why people like I said, I like the violent femme. So like I, I have listened to my songs of Sad Saki, Woe is me, Ness. And, and I do think in the end, as as a band and as an album, it's great. It's a great album. When I'm not really listening to Morrissey's lyrics or also just thinking about Morrissey as a person. Because he really does come off to me as the most pretentious person I could ever imagine. Pre-Kanye. <laughs> I think he, like, over Kanye's in terms of pretentious. Like, like I, I mean... Yeah, I mean, just the stuff the guy says I, is just over the top, and like, and like Kanye's picking very like lightweight, like, hey, I like Donald Trump, boo, like, like he's comparing, like, there's, there's things else. What's the other one? He compared like basically meat eating to pedophilia. I mean, just like that's taking it, Kanye, and going, I'm adding twelve Yeezuses to that. I mean, it's over the top, but. Is it a good album? Yes. Yes. And and I would actually probably say the Smith's other Smith's albums are probably all highly rated too. They only had four. And they, they released a million yes. compilations. Yeah, they released a million co- they released everything they probably could have released by now to make money. I'm sure there's something in the vaults, but the reunion but tour. In terms of <laughs> that's not gonna happen. What did he say about He would rather eat his own testicles than be in a band with Johnny Marr. And as a vegan, that says That's saying a lot. That's disturbing. So, but in the end, the Smiths had four albums, and then obviously they would break up eventually, and... Which, by the way, if you're bored and you want to look on YouTube and find some of the last... If you can find some of the last, like, live shows... Of the Smiths? Of the Smiths. All, like, his angry songs where he's, like, singing about breakups and stuff. He is literally, like screaming and pointing at Johnny Marr. No way. Yeah. They're good. Good time. I'm going to have to check those out. We should talk about those. That's amazing. They are not friends by the end of that. Yeah, so you're saying chances of reunion tour? Who's... who's, Seven. All right. (laughs) On a scale of, like, who has a better chance of reuniting first? The Smiths, the Black Crows, or Oasis? The Beatles. The Beatles, <laughs> all of them. All the Beatles. You have better better chance of all the members of the Beatles getting together before. I would say there's a much better chance of Oasis playing the Chameleon than the Smiths the ever Smiths get playing anywhere. Well, yeah, because they'll probably like set tour dates, and then Morrissey will be sick that day and have to cancel. Yeah, then you get a <laughs> have to cancel the show. But I, I, in the end, like I said, I was glad to listen to the album. I definitely actually want to listen to more Smith's albums. I don't know if I'm going to be listening to them all the time, but I will be listening to more. Actually, of anyone in this episode, I'm going to go listen to more besides the techno music of Hackers. I am going to go listen to more Devushka after this episode. Hackers too. And there, there are like tons of soundtracks. I just can't get into it all day. It's the greatest movie. I mean, Zero Cool. Like, the names are zero cool. Like, oh, so good. Anyway, go watch Hackers. 
it's on YouTube. If you have, uh, I, I, there's a couple copies on YouTube that you can stream for free that you don't have to pay for the movie. But I would suggest looking for it on DVD, Blu-ray. There might be they make those like film vault collections. I don't know if it was included. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, they like Citizen Kane hackers. It might be there, but check it out. It's a great movie, and also obviously Little Miss Sunshine. So before we wrap up this episode, what's going to be the top of our next episode, Jimmy? It's the Halloween episode. Spooky. Spooky. So we are going to be picking some of our favorite Halloween songs, and we will say there's one song that we have taken off the list. What's that song, Jimmy? That's going to be Werewolves of London. Yes. By the great, late great Warren Zevon. Yes. We are going to also in that episode be talking about the album. What's the album title? I can't remember right now. Unforgettable. Forgettable. Oh. oh no! Oh no! Um, it is excitable. Boy. Excitable boy. I had the song in my head. He was just an excitable boy. But whoa, we should just uh, went. Yeah, I think from now on we'll just say every album has self-titled. Yeah. The War, the, <laughs> the War and self-titled album. But no, we are going to be listening to Zevon's Excitable Boy, and we have, like I said, taking off Werewolf in London because. It's basically what's the greatest songs of Halloween besides Werewolf in London. Are, are we, we doing agreement? greatest? Are we doing just our personal favorites? Personal songs favorites. We're not make us think of yeah Halloween spooky. Yeah, spooky. No Christmas songs. So make sure you bring your blankies mm-hmm. and your candy, your flashlights, your flashlights, your toilet paper. We're gonna go TP in afterwards. Don't be too scared. It might get a little scary. So yes. Watch with a friend. Watch it with a friend. If, if you need to pause and take some breaks in the next episode, it's more than understandable. But so that's going to wrap up for this episode. And as we said, think about some Halloween songs. If you have Halloween songs you want to share with us, let us know on Twitter at JD Mixtape. And we are also on Instagram now at JD Mixtape. And you can also find us at on our podcast, on our Facebook And you can also find our podcast at iTunes and wherever you subscribe to podcasts. So that concludes for today, and have a great night, everyone. Good night.